Well, I hope that worship was really meaningful to you. If you haven't already, now's a great time for your kids to check out the Kids Online part of our online campus. And uh, we're about to jump into the next message in our series, All the Feels, learning how to feel through times like these. And this one is so important. I can't believe I haven't hit it yet. I don't want to waste a lot of time on any other stuff before we jump into this, but make sure you're registering for one day and paying attention to the launch of our, our, our life groups at the beginning of this October and all the other content and stuff that we have going on, including a, a planning a location and just tons of exciting stuff. Don't miss it. We're going to jump into the Word. Would you just take a second and pray with me before we do? Dear God, we just thank you for this opportunity to look into your word. I pray that you'd remove me from this equation as we go into this very important message about anxiety. And I just pray that over, over all of this, that we would all be able to pull out a couple of things that you have for us that can really make a practical difference in our lives as we deal with some very uncertain and anxious times and we wrestle with the own, our own anxiety as we walk through them. Would you make yourself known to everyone watching and participating as the God of peace? Would that be something we'd experience right now together in your son's name? Amen. The message we're talking about today is called, I'm So Anxious, and uh, we're what we're diving into is a pretty serious topic that we all have struggled with, probably more so in the last couple of months than we ever have struggled with or wrestled with or had to process before. And, and I just want to be really clear up front that this is an everybody issue, that, that I've been dealing with my own anxiety. I've been thinking about how I got to process my own anxiety. The first time I had an anxiety attack, I didn't even know what was happening. I was driving home from my office, and all of a sudden, I felt my heart racing. I was sweating. I felt that nervousness in the pit of my stomach. My chest was tight, and I remember pulling the car off the road on 443 and just calling my wife and being like, I don't know what's happening to me. I think I'm having an anxiety attack, and she calmly talked me down off the ledge and got me refocused on some good stuff and, and helped me through that moment. I remember thinking, man, that's what that feels like to be overcome by anxiety. That's what it feels like. It felt like, man, I'm dying here. It felt like, do I need to hook a UE and head to the emergency room? It felt like panic was just running rampant in my heart and I couldn't even pinpoint where it was coming from. And, and as we jump into this message, that's something we got to, I'm not a doctor. Your doctor is going to be way better about talking about some of that, where it comes from stuff than I'm going to be able to talk about. But I want to maybe agree at the start of this. Maybe it doesn't even really matter so much where our anxiety comes from. Maybe what God has for us is just a better way to deal with it. A helpful way to deal with it. 
And maybe those ways don't even erase anxiety from us. Certainly not if you actually have a medical condition causing you anxiety. Maybe for all of us, it might not erase our anxiety, but maybe what it does is it helps us lighten the load. It takes away the debilitating part of our anxiety. Maybe our faith can start to drown out the noise and the chaos that anxiety comes and brings with it. We all feel anxiety. You, me, your kids, all of us, we all feel anxiety. Just this week, I've been wrestling with anxiety. As I think through all of this stuff, I have to think through as we navigate church through a pandemic, as I'm thinking about what I'm pre- preaching about, as, I'm, as I'm, I'm sitting in my office and anxiety is just grabbing me in my heart. And I'm remembering like, oh man, like I got to preach this week. I got to do all of these things this week. And I took a second and I shifted my focus. I was like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Like maybe if I remember what I'm preaching about and I looked over it, I'm like, nah, scrap it. What we need is, I went back through the website, I looked, I was looking, what we need is, like, what I need is a message about anxiety. What I need, what I need is help dealing with anxiety. And what I believe is that Jesus, he speaks about it a lot, and he's got some help for me. And while it may not eliminate anxiety from my life, it sure can help lighten the load and drown it out. It'll loosen its grip on my heart. It'll free me to live a life for Him. Anxiety is an everybody issue. This week I scrolled back through messages trying to find the last time I preached on anxiety and I couldn't find any. I was so like excited and at the same time relieved and disappointed. Like, why never haven't I preached on anxiety? It's such a real thing. Every other conversation I have with somebody is them telling me about the anxiety they're experiencing or the anxiety their kids are experiencing. It's something that we're all dealing with right now. And at the same time, I felt this peace come over me. It wasn't because I figured it out. It was because God was starting to shift my attention towards him. And what he wanted to do in my life. And all of a sudden it just became really clear. Hey Josh, you're scrapping your old plan and we're going to talk about anxiety. And the passage I want to start, we're going to go on a journey through three passages. With a couple extra little bonus ones thrown in there for you. Because I love you and because the Bible is rich and full of stuff that talks about this and helps us deal with it. But before we do that, we're going to start in Psalm 139. And Psalm 139 is an absolutely amazing, amazing, beautiful passage. The start of it is just an absolutely amazing song or poem or whatever you want to call it. And it's written by King David. And this, this guy, David, in the Old Testament, he was one of the best leaders recorded in history. He made some mistakes along the way, but he was a man after God's own heart. A man after God's own heart. And David who wrote a bunch of these psalms, starts this passage talking about how great God is and how wonderful God is and how God knows all of us and He sees us when we're sitting down and standing up. He knows when we're going out and going here and going over there. He knows all of this stuff about us. He, he knows everything. But then all of a sudden, the good vibe is interrupted in verse 19. 
Because in verse 19, if you look on your Bible apps or in your Bible right now, if you're following along, in verse 19, it shifts from this beautiful summation about who God is to, if only you would slay my, the wicked. If, if only you would destroy those. Get away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak evil without intent. And he goes on this four-verse rant about his enemies. It's almost as if his wonderful thinking just gets interrupted by his anxious thoughts about his enemies. His focus on God and the beautiful discourse gets interrupted by the, the panic he feels as, as the distraction of the enemies, his circumstances creeps into his heart. He gets interrupted, like, bring them down, slam, I can't take it anymore. I think about how many times really good things in my life get interrupted with a pang of anxiety. All of a sudden, somebody I don't want to have a conversation with because I know the subject that they're going to bring up. I know that they're not happy. I know what I'm going to have to deal with. And I'm having a good time with my kids. And then my phone rings and I see the caller ID and I'm like, uh-uh. And panic starts to flare up in my heart. The ping of anxiety interrupting something beautiful. It happens to absolutely every one of us. And my guess is it's happened to you. That you have been going along through some beautiful days, having some beautiful times. And then all of a sudden, something disrupts your beautiful day and anxiety pops up and starts to overcome you. It's a distraction none of us asked for and all of us have to deal with. David has that experience at the end of the Psalms. Anxiety overtakes his heart as his vision shifts from God to his circumstances. It's an everybody thing. It's a David thing. It's, a, it's so many characters in the Bible. It's, it's, so, it's, a, it's something that God has been so transparent in talking about as part of our human experience. We all face anxiety, but there is hope in dealing with anxiety through what Jesus teaches us, through what Scripture teaches us. So David, he's like, listen, you see it here. He's like, I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. <laughs> Not much different than some of our Facebook posting lately, maybe. And then all of a sudden, Bo, in verse 23, something David does so often in the Psalms, if you're reading through the Psalms, I've been trying to read a Psalm a day before I flick on social media or the news. Something he does so well is he, he kind of shifts his focus in 23. It's almost like, a, wait, wait a minute, of his soul. Wait, wait a minute, of his heart. And then he says, search me. So he goes off of his circumstances and his enemies, and it goes into his own heart. He looks within, and he says this. And this is what I want you to remember. Underline this. Pay attention to this. Write this down. He says, search me. Circle that part of the verse. Do it right in your Bible. It's cool. Just circle it right there. Search me, God. And know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way, circle that, in me. And lead me, that's another great little word to circle, lead me in the way everlasting. See, David, he shifts his focus and realizes something really important. The problem isn't out there. The problem's in here. I think about that when I think about the anxiety I have in my life. The problem, it's, it's not about them. It's not out 
there. The real issue is what's in my heart. The real issue with my anxiety is it's what I allow to run rampant in my heart and mind. It's the thought processes I let go unchecked in how I'm approaching and thinking and processing all of the things that are happening to me in life. The real issue when I'm, when I'm struggling with anxiety, it's not the enemies, it's not the people on the other end of the phone call that makes me jump. It's not, it's not the pandemic. It's not all of the stressors I see. It's not all of the people that are feeding me junk from the news. It's not all of the opinions of others. It's not all of the pressure to go this way or that. You see, the anxiousness of my heart and dealing with it, it starts within. The problem's not out there, David says. He says, search me. I want you to deal with my enemies, but I need you to search me. I want you to change my circumstances, but I need you to search what's going on in my heart. The issue, it's not what happens to me. It's my way of thinking about it. It's, it's how I let it to run rampant. The issue's not out there, it's right here. And that's a place to start. I love the transparency and the humility we see in David in the Psalms. It's just like, listen, my anxious heart is running away with me. I need you to search me and dig out the anxious thoughts I've been having. I need you to search me and test and know my heart, know the anxiousness I have and see if it's becoming an offensive way. Sometimes our anxiousness, it can, it can create a way, a way of living and a way of thinking that we try to smother with other ways of living and other ways of thinking that hardly ever work. His anxiousness and dealing with his anxious anxiety when his good day is interrupted by the circumstances and the people that cause his heart to leap into panic mode it's interrupted when he says, look inside me. I need you to do some work in how I'm processing what's happening to me. It, it's going to happen to me. I'm going to have a reaction to it, but I don't have to dwell on it. I don't have to keep thinking about it. I don't have to let it run in my life. And then he ends with this. The fix is in the following. Now, don't get all excited about me. I know that some of us, we're not, not talking about the medical stuff and anxiety. I'm not talking about how you can cure yourself of anxiety. I'm not talking about that, but, I'm, but I am saying the fix is in the following. For example, if, if you follow your anxiety, do you know where it'll lead you? To the worst possible conclusion every time. If you let your anxiety go and you just follow it as it runs its course in your heart and in your mind, it'll start to mess with your thinking. It'll play games with your head. It'll have you searching all kinds of crazy stuff on WebMD, on the internet. It'll have you planning out and, and problem solving the worst possible case scenario. That's what happens when you follow your anxiety. It leads you down a crazy, reckless unrealistic road where the final result is always the worst possible thing. And you know what's even crazier about that? Your body doesn't even know the difference between your real and imagined probabilities. 
You're thinking the worst case and your body is jumping into fight and flight mode as you imagine those conversations you have to have with your kids, as you imagine the doctor saying what your greatest fear is, as you imagine the worst possible conclusion for you financially, as you imagine the worst stuff, your body reacts to it as if it's real and anxiety runs its course and it just starts to ruin you. Following, the fix is in the following. Stop following your anxiety to where it's taking you. And what, what David says is, I'm going to follow you, God. You got to lead me in a way that's everlasting. You got to see if there's any ways in me, if there's any ways of processing, a ways of thinking that are wrong or faulty or off in me. You got you to search me and find out if there are ways that I'm dealing with my anxiety that aren't healthy. And can we get an amen? Some of us are dealing with our anxiety in unhealthy ways. And it's not helping our anxiety. It's just burying it and it's going to pop its ugly head out at one time or another. Some of us are dealing with our anxiety by trying to drown it out with substances or trying to feel pain to make us feel better. Some of us are dealing with our anxiety through all kinds of pleasures or relationships. We're trying to hide and stuff our anxiety away by covering up with anger and arguing. Like, listen, there's a better way. David says the better way is following God in the everlasting way. The fix is in the following. Oh, you can't, like, you're not going to, like, get Jesus and cure anxiety. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about as you start to follow Jesus, anxiety loses its control and power in your heart. And while you still feel it, you're not following it. Instead, you're following Jesus in a way that's everlasting, a way that's drowning out the anxious voice in your head with hope and with love and with peace. The fix is in the following, and here's five ways our following gets hijacked and letting anxiety run loose in our hearts. You ready? Check one of these off. Like, see if one of these is a way that, that your following gets hijacked, your following Jesus gets hijacked, and, and lets anxiety take more of a grip of your heart than you thought. You ready? Number one, the number one area, I think, is what you're drinking. <laughs> I mean, I mean... Sometimes I drink too much coffee, and it gives me a panic attack. feels like a panic attack. My body is like, yo, what are you doing? My heart starts racing. I start sweating, feel nervous. Like sometimes I drink too much coffee, but I'm not talking about that. That's just probably a bad reaction of my heart saying, yo, dude, you had too many Red Bulls in your 20s. Time to quit that junk. Give us a break. We need to slow down. It's like walking time. Like you can power walk, but we're not sprinting through our day anymore. Like I'm not talking about just drinking that kind of stuff. I'm talking about your intake. What you bring in, what you're letting into your heart and your head, your intake greatly can affect your anxiety. Just like the coffee nowadays or a Red Bull, heaven forbid, would cause my heart to jump into anxiety mode. The stuff you're taking in all the time, what you're drinking, what you're allowing just unfiltered to roll into your head is causing you more anxiety. It happens all the time. You can scroll yourself. Jump on Facebook. You can scroll yourself right into an anxiety attack. 
to think about what everybody else is doing and what you're not doing. You can jump onto Instagram and start scrolling yourself to an anxiety attack. You, you, you're pushing too much information. You could jump onto TikTok and see all of the depressing stuff that people are posting on TikTok and scroll yourself right into an anxiety attack. We're getting too much thrown at us all the time. We weren't made to carry a high-powered computer in our pocket all the time that never turns off with unfiltered access to every news agency with every slant they give you and they all do because they're creating echo chambers with clickbait that get them paid. We, we weren't made to, the, to, to feel the barrage of unfiltered noise and information thrown at us all the time. And we just drink it in. And what happens is it causes anxiety. Don't believe me? Give up social media for a week. Spend a week where you don't watch any news and tell me how you feel at the end of it. You're going to feel less anxiety and more peace because one of the ways our following gets hijacked is we're taking in the wrong things and too much of it. So the woman, the Good Samaritan woman at John chapter 4, check out that story later. Like, the Good Samaritan woman is hanging out by the well, overcome with disappointment, and probably thinking about what she should have done different as she's mulling over all of the other relationships that have fallen apart, alone and isolated from the rest of the crew of the town, probably because of shame or embarrassment, I don't know. Anyway, she's sitting there at the well, and Jesus comes to him, to her, and starts this incredible conversation that they end up having off with, hey, could you get me a drink from the well? And she's like taken back by it, and then all of a sudden it comes this one part of that passage in John chapter 4 and verse 10. And in John chapter 4 and it in verse 10, Jesus looks at her and says, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that's sitting here at this well, you would ask me for a drink. And then do you know what he says? I would give you living water. The stuff that fills your heart with life. The stuff that, that leads you in the everlasting way. Man, it's time to stop drinking the unfiltered intake from every news source and all the people ranting on social media and all the other nonsense and to cut down the comparison game and to start drinking the living water from Jesus. Number one, it's about what we're drinking. Number two, it's about where we sit. This causes us anxiety. Our hijacking gets, our, 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 our following gets hijacked because of where we're sitting and who we're sitting with. Some of us, we think the cure is sitting in isolation. That's not the fix. I mean, we are created for community. You weren't created to carry the burden of the anxiety you feel all alone. You were created to live like David's example, to humbly and transparently share that with somebody else who's going to carry the load. You see, who you sit with can make your... Can, can, can derail and hijack your following and cause anxiety to run rampant in your life. You have people like that. I mean, every conversation, it leads to a circumstance that, that every time you're with them, it leads to a circumstance that causes you anxiety, maybe causes you, every conversation fills your heart with 
discouragement or anger or anxiety as they just dump all of their negativity and all of their anxiety onto you. It teaches us in Proverbs, in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, that not to be deceived, that bad company corrupts good character and maybe that good character is being corrupted and you're feeling more anxious because of who you're sitting with. It also says this in Proverbs 12 and verse 25. It says, Anxiety weighs down the heart, but an encouraging word, a kind word cheers it up. God, forgive me for the times I have met the anxious hearts of people I love with pressure. God, forgive me for the times I've met the anxious hearts of people I care about with more stuff to do. What I want to start meeting the anxious hearts of the people I care about with is a kind word. I need to do a better job of being a kind word spoken in an anxious circumstance. I need to do a better job of being a kind and encouraging word spoken to my kids as they're dealing with the anxiety of going back to school and wrestling with the anxiety of how COVID has changed their world too. I need to be a kind and encouraging word to people that are venting their anxiety on social media because they're scared of what their future looks like. They're worried about how their job's going to turn out. I need to be the kind and encouraging word. How about you join me? Like, let's meet the anxiety of the people we love with kind and encouraging words because it'll lift their heart and it'll cheer them up. Sometimes our following gets hijacked because of, because of who we're sitting with. And I want to spend time sitting with people that are going to encourage me. Even in the midst of my anxious moments, they're going to speak kindness to me. Have you been kind and speaking kindness to people that are dealing with anxiety? Do it. It'll cheer them up. The third way our following gets hijacked is by how we walk. Listen, if you're walking in, a, in the shadows, you're going to have more anxiety. If there's stuff on your phone that you've got to hide because you don't want your wife to see it, you're going to have more anxiety. If there's stuff that you've got to keep shuffled away in some corner of your life because it's, you know it's not right and it's going to disappoint some people and hurt some people, you're going to have more anxiety. You see, one of the ways following Jesus helps us deal with anxiety as it leads us in the way of integrity. Who I am is who I am. I don't got to hide anything from anybody. I don't have some sin tucked in my back pocket and I'm just afraid somebody's going to find it out. I'm living a life of integrity and it frees me from anxiety. How you're walking derails how you're following and creates more anxiety. Maybe you're just walking out of balance all of these different things pushing you in all of these different ways and it's time you got to be like no i just got to say no to some stuff so i can get my life back in balance and bring my anxiety down the fourth thing is with our attention who has most of your attention does god have your attention or do your fears see it's easy to let our imaginations run wild and to indulge all of our fears, and fill our hearts with worry. 
we got to spend a little less time giving attention to our fears, indulging an imagination that is full of anxiety, planning out every worst-case scenario, picturing what the conversations are going to be like or what the news is going to sound like. we got to focus our attention on something way better. The fifth area our following gets hijacked is in our choices. There are so many options. You ever go to a restaurant and feel anxiety because it's a new restaurant, you've never been there, and they got like a 15-page menu? Like, I quit. Come on, man. Like, just give me four options. I don't need all of these options. We are overwhelmed with just so many options, and so many of us live with indecisiveness because we don't know what to decide or if it's going to be right, and we start planning out the consequences. Like, sometimes it's just a cheeseburger. It doesn't really matter if you're a person of faith. Say that out loud. It doesn't really matter. 99% of the things that you're worried about and are causing you anxiety, it doesn't even matter. I was sitting with a friend one time with two decisions. Both seemed really heavy. I couldn't pick one. I was stuck in indecisiveness. And he handed me a quarter. And he said, all right, name heads and name tails, one of those sides. And he said, all right, I'm going to flip it for you. And he flipped the quarter and he put it on his hand and he said, what do you hope it is? What do you mean? What do I, it doesn't matter. 99% of the things we worry about, they don't matter. Indecisiveness can just let anxiety run wild. Fortunately for us, even when our following gets derailed, there's a path back, and Jesus gives it to us in Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to jump from Matthew chapter 6 to Philippians chapter 4, really fast. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is teaching about God and about us and following him. And he's teaching us some really cool stuff about what it means to worry about stuff. And he starts the passage by saying, therefore, I tell you, do not be worried about your life, about what you will drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. He says, look at the birds. God takes care of the birds. Can you any one of you, by worrying, add a single day to your life. He goes on and he says, what about clothes? You worry about clothes. And he talks about the, the flowers of the field and Solomon and his splendor and how God takes better care of them because he loves us. And, and he says, so do not worry by saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Worry for the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them but seek his for, first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Two things Jesus is teaching here. Probably more than two things, but two things for this morning I want you to. The path forward, the way back when you've been hijacked, is by trusting God. He loves you. He knows what you need. He's going to take care of you. Trusting God and stop getting ahead of yourself. Tomorrow is God's problem. Today is what he's calling you to walk through. You can trust him with your steps today. You don't have to plan out tomorrow or worry about tomorrow. You don't have to stress out or let tomorrow and the anxiety it brings run rampant to you. You can trust God because he cares for you. He is a good father, a good shepherd. He loves you. He knows what you need and he will provide for you. 
In Philippians, Paul, he said, rejoice always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, for God is near. Do not be anxious about everything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It goes into this. Think about whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's pure, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Think about those things. Whatever you've learned or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Trust God. Don't get ahead of yourself. And make a choice to shift your attention from worry to praise and prayer. He's the God of peace. And, and you can try this path forward. It's the same path David practiced. God, it doesn't matter what's going on out there in this moment. I feel the anxiety. But all that matters right now is you and me. Search my heart. Find the offensive ways in me and lead me in a new way forward. I want to experience the peace you have for me and I'm making a decision right now in the midst of all of this anxiety to shift my attention from my anxiety to you. I worship you because you are a good God. You love me. You do good things for me. And I want to follow you forward. I hope that's the prayer of your heart today. I hope that as you're dealing with these anxious times and no doubt going to feel anxiety in your heart, that you can take a moment and say, all right, I trust God in the midst of this anxiety. I trust Him. He's good. He's a good Father. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I'm going to turn my attention in this moment from the things that are making me anxious to Him through prayer and praise. And my prayer is that as we roll these last couple songs out, you'd be able to practice that right now. God, thank you for your love for us. It's so much to talk about. I'm sure I missed some stuff, but I trust you to help sink your word deep into each of us. I, I, I probably messed some stuff up, but I trust you because you love us and care for us. And I trust you to help us each grab what we need from you, from your word today. Help us to worship, set anxiety aside for a little bit, to drown it out with some praise right now. Amen.